Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to this EM360 podcast. My name is Max Curtin, Editor-in-Chief here at EM360 and your host on today's podcast. So today's discussion is going to be around the human side of communications with Cowrie Consulting, sponsored by Vonage. Now, communications is a field that has enjoyed significant innovation. You've got new technologies enabling businesses to connect with their customers better than ever. Um, With customer experience being a growing priority, there's a rich portfolio of technologies out there to help businesses listen to customers and make improvements in turn. However, the human side of communications is equally important, and organizations need to start zeroing in on this if they want to compete in the CX game. Here to lend her expertise on the matter is Ella Morrison, who's the behavioral designer at Cowrie Consulting. So welcome, Ella, and thank you for joining me on today's podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Anytime. I I think a good kind of uh, starting off point, if you wouldn't mind just educating the listeners a little bit about yourself, what a behavioral designer does, and just a background on Cowrie Consulting. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I work for Cowrie Consulting. We are a behavioral science consultancy that helps businesses and people apply some of the learnings from the wider academic field, behavioral science, into their business to make their communications or their interactions with customers much more human focused. Within the company, I'm a behavioral designer, and broadly speaking, that's someone who combines behavioral science and psychology, our understanding of the human brain, with design thinking, so helping companies design up products or processes and services with the human brain at the forefront. Excellent. The perfect person to speak to then for this podcast. Obviously, we're talking about the human side of communication and everything in CX, which is really an important focus going forward in the future that I think a lot of organizations are really coupling onto. But when we kind of mention this term, it could be a bit broad for a lot of people. So what are we referring to here when we say the human side of communication? Yes, no, it's quite a sort of a difficult and nuanced concept, but From my perspective, historically, we've seen that companies have designed communications based on the assumption that humans are fully rational and have these fixed preferences, whereas in reality, we know that humans are quite complicated and, in fact, actually quite weird. We often do things that aren't in our best interest. We procrastinate, we forget things, and we break our promises and and often change our minds. So it's not the rational consumer that most businesses are seeking out. In actual fact, our emotions and our prior experience and context all play a huge role in our decision-making. So the human side of communications is putting this understanding of the human brain and how we actually make decisions into practice to transform the customer experience. So developing communications that connect with people's motivations by understanding why people are acting in a particular way in a particular context and how we can start to use that understanding of these mental shortcuts to help make that customer journey a bit more psychologically fluent for them. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's such a an interesting concept. And it's odd that it's something that people tend to overlook. When you're looking at CX, it comes down to customer dealing with someone. So, so there is definitely that element. And it's changed in the past to how we do it now. And it's going to continue to evolve as we move forward. So from that perspective, what direction do you think the human side of communication is moving in? And why do you think that is? Yeah, it's an interesting one because even though businesses in the private sector are beginning to recognize that humans aren't always you know, rational and deliberate, this understanding of the human brain and decision making 
and sort of behavioral science in general isn't being systematically applied across the industry. So it's not being, you know, taken advantage of in order to improve the customer experience. So I think moving forward, you know, I feel that the practical application will become more widespread and it'll start to be built into the processes developing products and developing services and taking this human-centered approach and designing these you know, cognitively fluent interactions will become a centerpiece when building these comms. And then also, I think the human side of communication is also becoming, you know, increasingly personalized and tailored. We're starting to see this, this level of personalization already. But I think, you know, in the next few years, we'll see it push a bit further to different contexts. Because, you know, whilst many of these sort of human irrationalities in our our cognitive decision making processes are universal, there's an increasing demand to understand the role of the context and, and the role that culture plays in in these different customer journeys. So I think there'll be a growing trend to understand why certain behaviors unfold in certain systems and and journeys and how we can adapt our communications to lead to positive outcomes for the customer across these different contexts. Mm, I think the personalized approach is is very interesting because no two people are the same and, and no two queries, although similar, might not be the same as well. And with it becoming more a customer driven environment, and companies are trying to be more receptive. They're not just seeing people as a, a call-in or seeing people as a number. They want to be responsible to or receptive to customer demands. Why has this become the case now? And how can companies best position themselves to readily adapt to these changing demands? Yeah, it's, it's a funny one because, you know, being customer-centric is no longer just, uh, you know, a nice-to-have. It's, it's, it's necessary, and, and companies can't ignore the importance of the human touch, even though there's sort of the advent of um, AI and all this growing technology. It's really important to consider the customer and to consider that human element. And it's becoming increasingly more difficult to differentiate themselves using companies because of how quickly competitors are able to level the playing field. So it's really important to think about how they can give themselves that edge and one way they can do that is to understand exactly how their customer you know, thinks and actually thinks and actually behaves. And the customer experience point of this is that a single piece of content from you know, a dissatisfied customer can go viral in a matter of minutes. So it's hugely important that companies are you know, putting the customer at the forefront and are working hard to build this trust. We're starting to see the importance of trust between companies and customers and and generating that relational and people-centered journey to build that relationship. Because every time you send out a letter or you design a website or have a conversation on the phone, you know, there's an opportunity there to to either improve or or hinder your, your customer's perspective of a business. So businesses really need to make sure that they're looking at all these touch points and making sure that they work better for human brains. Yeah, definitely. And I find it interesting because I feel like this evolution has really come about within the past, you know, five to 10 years, if that really. And it's just trying to understand why it's become so important. Like, obviously, customer needs and experience was important beforehand. But do you think, and we'll get to technology a little bit later on in the podcast, but do you think it's come down to the high demand of how our lives are at the moment of everything being now, now, now? It's kind of flipped over into to how customers are being treated from that side of things. Yeah, I think absolutely. This need for instant gratification is really important. And as well as wanting things now and straight away and getting that instant feedback, we're also wanting 
this desire, this you know, operational transparency, because we want to form these trustworthy relationships and because emotion, because as a species, we're social creatures, we sort of thrive in communities and, and, and offer relationships. We want to see that reflected in the relationships that we have with companies and brands. So we want to make sure that all of our experiences are improving and, and are easy for us and are meaningful for us so that we go and sort of engage in more meaningful activities so that we're able to free up our time to do other stuff so yeah it's absolutely this climate and the concerns surrounding sort of data protection and access to personal information we want to make sure that we can trust the brands that we're talking to and that all the interactions we have with these brands are making our lives easier yeah and i think that's the the key takeaway of making life easier isn't it if we kind of focus on the customers just briefly here what do you think customers kind of value more at the moment? Is it the experience, the products, or the price? Like, where do you think the loyalty is kind of, or enjoying stuff at the moment? Yeah. So I think if you asked a customer what they valued the most, the rational part of the brain, you know, what we call the Mr. Spock part or the system too, would most likely say that products, you know, are the reason that they have a good customer experience of the brand or price, you know, that they're unmatched on price. But more often than not, these customers are post-rationalizing their attitudes and their perception. And we find that it boils down to the customer experience and and how that particular company or business has made them feel. Customers are very bad at articulating the drivers underlying their behavior because they can't tap into that subconscious processing. But what we find is that what drives customer engagement is much more emotional than rational things such as price and, and products. You know, if you take the example of Apple, People don't queue outside the stores or set up camp the night before for the latest iPhone because, you know, it has 30 megabytes extra storage or there's now three cameras instead of two. And it's obviously not because they have a competitive pricing strategy, but it's because of their customer experience and how the brand and the products make the customers feel, you know, making their purchase feel really intimate and personal, you know, things such as genius bars and one-on-one service or or reducing the, the choice overload of the different products and the way that they present that information in the, online. It's that customer experience and understanding what customers subconsciously want is really what drives value. You mentioned it in the middle there, that underlying subconscious realization that customers don't know why they're buying it. How big a factor is that? It's a really massive thing that often gets overlooked. You know, a compelling model of the brain is that there's two different ways of thinking of the system one which is much more emotional and subconscious and often prone to some mistakes and then there's a system two part which is much more rational and deliberative and quite often we find that most of the time people are speaking to that system two, that rational part of the brain and really not engaging with the system one the emotional parts of the brain and when we tend to find that this is what drives most behavior. Most people, most customers have an emotional reaction to a situation or a context or a bit of information and then post-rationalize once they've had time to think about it and to try and explain their behavior. But it's really important and it's an element that businesses haven't tapped into successfully yet, I'd, I'd say. And, you know, it can occur from everything from the language that you use when you talk to customers to how you present or design information all the way up into how you deliver that and the frequency. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a really big opportunity there to start talking to that subconscious part of the customer's decision-making process in order to really make it as easy as possible for them. Mm, yeah, it's, it's very interesting and kind of underlying important element of, of, of the process. 
when we kind of look at the other side, we mentioned briefly a couple of questions back about technology. And obviously, that is a huge aspect of, of our daily lives and what we talk about. But what role does technology itself play on the human side of communications? So technology, without a doubt, makes communications much more efficient. Things such as, you know, big data or machine learning and predictive systems really raise the bar for personalization and customer choice because it allows companies to harness more value from real-time data and get closer to the customer. But quite often what we're seeing is that people feel that technology, when they have a big problem, they need a big solution. And, you know, quite often that seems to be technology or people resort to technology. But what we're tending to find is that technology isn't the silver bullet and it's important to think about the human side and in interaction with the technology and, and align them so that you have a human first standpoint and you know first understand how people actually think and operate before you can leverage technology to take to the next level. So technology should, should help customers self-serve on simple tasks and empower employees to better support customers and free up time to engage in more meaningful activities. But it should also support and supercharge people-centered communication. So you know, there's a lot of opportunity to help you know, synthesize data and, and, and information about human behavior so that we can better predict which communications are more effective you know, and why, you know, which individual customers you know, respond better to certain strategies um, and how you can leverage our understanding of different customer psychological states and, and the context to deliver effective user experiences. So I think technology, you know, absolutely has a role in making it easier for us, but it needs to be employed in tandem with that human element. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's, as you say, it's a useful tool and it's a very important tool moving forward, but you do still need that human element and that human touch linked into it. One thing you did mention though at the start there was obviously AI, which is something that gets brought into pretty much every conversation of every area at the moment because it's it's attractive for businesses, especially in the communication space. And it it's a way to kind of, as you say, first of all, look at data and see how that can be used, but also as a tool for assisting when you've got things like chatbots or self-service, it's, it's all there as a service. But what do you think the right kind of balance of the AI side of things and humans in the workforce looks like currently and possibly in the future? Machines and humans excel in very different activities. And it's important to say that AI can't function without humans in the loop. But also, equally, it's important for humans to start feeling comfortable working with technology. So, you know, AI does a fantastic job at preempting problems and identifying sort of anomalies in, in data sets, but it can't quite replace human judgment or, you know, human judgment is indispensable because much of AI has been built based on the idea that we are rational human beings and the traditional theories of human behavior. So, you know, as a result, machines are really good at that narrow learning, that defined intelligence, you know, things like building a game or a set of scenarios. But what they really struggle with is context and, and that flexible learning and, you know, contextual understanding which is you know what humans are brilliant at so it again comes back to this combination of you know the human side is needed to understand what the nature of the interaction is in order to solve the problem that the technology and ai has predicted so it's a combination of having the data at our fingertips and being able to leverage technology to amplify humans ability to understand context and, and choose the right time for insight and action 
I think that's 100% right. It's, as we said before, wasn't it? It's that partnership to make the job easier and uh, help both sides work a little bit better. So as we kind of wrap up here and come to an end, I just want to get your thoughts with, with everything we've spoken about um, around us. What, what do you think the customer experience is going to look like a few years from now? It's quite an exciting sort of thing to think about. In my opinion, I think, you know, with the acceleration of all this investment in, in technology, I think companies need to match this technological growth with psychological innovation so that we can drive positive experiences with the customer at the centre based on this sort of shared understanding of how humans behave. So, you know, as behavioural science becomes more sort of commonplace and lives become sort of increasingly ruled by data, Things like you know dynamic and bespoke mass communications that are tailored to, to the individual, to the time of day, that are dependent on context is in a really exciting area. You know, we've, there's opportunity, for example, for sort of the Internet of Things. It's, an, it's a huge area for growth. So, for example, having a smart fridge that could send timely reminders to encourage people to eat more healthily or to you know cook a, a, a certain meal to reduce food waste based on data from their shops or, or data from what's in their fridge. It can span across every every industry and every every different customer journey. So that's a really exciting opportunity that hopefully all sectors will be jumping on board with. You're right. It's a very exciting time moving forward and there's, there's a lot of opportunity there. So I hope a lot of organizations realize that and kind of uh, strike wide air on top really and get started from there. So we'll see what the future brings but Ella thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today and giving your insights on all of this thank you very much it was very interesting and thank you to everyone who took the time to listen make sure you do go over to cowryconsulting.com for more information on what we discussed today also thank you to New Voice Media now Vonage for sponsoring this podcast if you're interested in finding out about other conversations we've had, go to ian360tech.com where we did a series of free podcasts with John Arnold looking at cloud contact centers, transforming CX, and communication platforms. We'll be back soon with another podcast, but until then, visit ian360tech.com for more great content. Thanks so much. Goodbye. You've been listening to the EM360 Podcast. For more great content, head on over to em360tech.com.